Now we're joined by the experts at ETF Trends and ETF Database, the world's largest independent ETF-centric source for top industry news, trends, and insights. We can deliver value to that advisor because that's what they're telling that they want to engage in. We want to make sure that we're putting the right pieces of content in front of them at the right time. Tom, great having you back on the podcast. Good morning, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Anything for us to uh, talk about in the markets right now? No kidding. Uh, there, there's there's no shortage of uh, of things to dive into here, Nate. Uh, like I like I say, I know um, if you rolled back the clock uh, to when when the COVID crisis hit, financial advisors when when there's periods of stress in the market, it's when their job becomes the most difficult. There's so many different things coming at them, and and as you mentioned in your preamble, you know the the confluence of factors and the performance of almost everything across asset classes and as we've come into 2022 has made for a, a really challenging time. So excited to share um, some of the ways in which, you know, the data is pointing our advisor community where they're drilling in and then ultimately how they can uh, employ those in their portfolio construction and, and their client conversations. Yeah. So I was thinking about our conversation today and, you know, as I thought more about it, even if we go back to last year, I feel like we knew interest in commodities was increasing. I, I, I distinctly remember you and I discussing this on multiple occasions and really on two fronts, right? We talked about uh, this narrative around the death of the 60-40 portfolio and investors looking for alternatives to bonds. And then we obviously did have uh, inflation really starting to cook. Now, uh, the Fed didn't see that, but uh, Tom, you and I did. And so we talked about how that could potentially benefit commodities. Now, look, I don't have a crystal ball. I always say my crystal ball is broken, but we did talk about both of those things. And so I guess from my perspective, if we look at what's happened this year with commodity ETFs, I would say on one hand, I don't think the flows and performance is all that shocking. Now, on the other hand, I don't think most people expected a Russia invasion of Ukraine to exacerbate the situation. And I think some people would say inflation is certainly running even hotter than what was expected coming into the year. So I do think it's still eye-opening to see what's going on with commodity ETFs. I, I, I guess the question that I'll, I'll, I'll start off with you uh, with is, do, do you think this is a, a flash in the pan with, with commodities, or do you feel like commodities are now here to stay because we've had this, this shifting environment? Well, Nate, I want to um, steal your line as well. As my, I have no crystal ball. It's not only broken, it's just non-existent. Uh, but to your, to your point about what we were talking about in, in the fall and even late summer last year, is the advisor community who engages with, with ETF Trends and ETF Database, tens of thousands of advisors on a monthly basis, sorry, weekly basis, um, they were drilling into the commodities complex with the understanding that inflation was one of their biggest fears even back then. And so we're constantly in market looking and, and polling advisors about what is most top of mind for them in terms of their concerns. And so just to, to, to reiterate, when we did that most recently with a group of about 400 advisors just last week, by far inflation remained the biggest concern at about 52%. Uh, followed by market valuations with about another 33%. The, the leftover change there was finding income, a theme that we've also talked about, and then a very small sliver about increasing taxes. taxes. So the, the lion's share of the concern really remained focused on inflation and market valuations. And then when you drill into that question around uh, the flash in the pan, where do commodities fit, 
we asked that same advisor community what, what their plans for allocating to commodity funds and ETFs were, Nate. 77% of them said that they're looking to increase allocations or looking for new funds or ETFs to gain commodity exposure. 13% not making any changes. Only 1% I am decreasing allocations. And about 8% said I don't allocate to commodity products. So 77% of that, that advisor respondent group was saying, I'm looking to increase my allocation here. And, and I think from that I take... Uh, rather than this being more of a tactical shift uh, or, or a short-term shift in nature, I think that the advisors are telling us through their actions that there's something bigger going on here and that they're treating it more of a, a strategic allocation decision that could be more embedded in the portfolio construction for a longer period of time. I agree. So just to be clear, you're saying almost 80% of advisors said that they are planning on increasing allocations or, or looking to invest in commodity ETFs moving forward. Is that right? That's right, Nate. And, and that's, that's, that's recent data. And, and so obviously that um, takes into account a lot of those flows that have already happened in those products. So the concern is being raised. And, and it speaks to the fact that as we've kind of deconstructed the 60-40 and thinking about um, you know, the component parts there, it seems like commodities exposure based on what the advisors are telling us is, is becoming a, um, a greater area of interest and one that they're taking more seriously in terms of the longer term nature of where it fits in the portfolio. No, I completely agree. I mean, that definitely points to a real shift in, in the mindset because I think most and I shouldn't say most, I think many advisors are more strategic and longer term in nature. There are certainly advisors who are more tactical but I think if you talk to the majority of advisors, they do take a longer term view on the markets. And so to see almost 80 percent looking uh, to, to allocations in commodity ETFs, I, I think that shows um, there, there has been a change here. Uh, and there's always going to be a subset of advisors, even if they're strategic, they may look at the past you know, year or two and look at performance and say, hey, something's performed well. You know, let's jump into that. I, I certainly don't advocate that, but I, I know that's out there. But 80% to me just seems like too big of a number. And it just speaks to this environment change that we've had. You and I have talked about this quite a bit, about how uh, most advisors and investors have never had to experience an inflationary environment before. They've never had to invest in this environment. And even in a, a rising rate environment, we had rates jump up in the fourth quarter of 2018. Um, and, and there was that market down move. But there hasn't been really more of a prolonged experience of investing in a rising rate environment. And so I think this has advisors radars up. How do we handle this? What do we do? We haven't been here before. Well, well, that's the thing is that the sort of the meta point there, Nate, is that um, I think the advisor community, and we're seeing this pop up in a whole bunch of ways through our behavioral data, suggesting that advisors are very much um, taking the this shift in the market, the broader market environment um, really seriously. If we go back to, you know, coming out of the financial crisis, even not going all the way back to, you know, the late 70s when we were, was the last time we experienced levels of inflation that we're at right now. But even the last 10 to 12 year period um, was, a, was a real interesting period where there was, was low inflation, low rates, um, certain types of, of stocks generally worked really, really well. And, and we've seen a, a really about face, almost a 180 from that. And so, 
you know, as, as we look across our, our data set, one of the things that I, I like to drill into is I like to take two different um, asset classes or areas of the market where advisors are spending their attention and just do a heads-up analysis. Which one of those is gaining more attention versus the other when you kind of compartmentalize them into uh, that specific viewpoint? And so I'll, I'll use an, a couple examples of where we're seeing this shift. Um, so one, you know, let's, let's take, say, on the commodities theme. So for every minute of advisor attention, 12 months ago, they were allocating about 45 seconds of that minute out of the 60 to interest and, and content around the cryptocurrency space, whereas the, the remainder, the 15%, was spent on commodities-related content. Nate, that's absolutely flipped. It, it's now 45 seconds out of those 60s is being spent on, on research and, and uh, you know, consuming content around the commodity space and, and a, a mere 15% or 15 seconds on, on the crypto space. In a similar way, uh, U.S. large cap tech has seen uh, a significant decrease in attention from the advisor community when compared to how they're looking at the commodity space. So it, it really speaks to not just this, um, you know, five or eight percent of the portfolio construction, but how advisors are thinking about the, the broad allocation of assets and ultimately where they're looking to, you know, gain exposure to certain types of return profiles. And I think that that's that's really interesting and, and ultimately is um, uh, additive to what we had talked about even last summer. But advisors are, are now even spending more time and getting more serious about that as we think about hey, is this a shift for the next couple quarters? Or, or, or are advisors more so approaching this as this is a years-long change in, in the market environment which we're operating? Obviously, time will tell, but certainly some of the data points to the fact that they think that it may be longer-term in nature. That's really interesting on the crypto side, and I guess points to what we're seeing so far this year, where the jury is out on how good of a diversifier this is and is crypto an inflation hedge there's a lot of questions out there that i don't think haven't been answered yet of course crypto is still a nascent asset class it hasn't been through various market cycles but uh, that, that's an interesting data point to see how that research time has really come down significantly from uh, last year and i guess fits with the overall market narrative we're seeing now and that 2022 is a completely different market environment than what we saw in, uh, in 2021. What, one other uh, data point I'll, I'll offer here, Tom, and I want to get into some uh, ETFs. I was looking this morning, over $20 billion has gone into commodity ETFs so far this year. If you look at some of the other asset classes, just as an example, there's been about $26 billion into U.S. fixed income ETFs. I mean, that's a big number for commodity ETFs to post throughout you know, these first four plus months of the year. I, I, I was blown away by that. Um, okay, so so as you look at engagement at ETF Trends and, and ETF Database and you start drilling down into specific ETFs, give us some tickers here. What, what are some tickers that have been popping? Yeah, absolutely. Well, so one of the things, even just before getting to the ticker level, Nate, um, is that as, as we think about, as you break down commodities, is obviously there's different types of commodities exposure, and we can look at the levels of interest even at those uh, more granular exposure. So you've got broad-based commodities exposure, en energy, agriculture, industrial metals, precious metals are, are sort of the five bigger categories. So of, of those categories, the, the lion's share of the interest is, is going to energy, precious metal, and then broad-based commodity exposure. And so you mentioned, um, you know, specifically the broad-based are, are somewhat interesting and are seeing 
um, some of the most engagement. So, so PDBC, so, so kind of the granddaddy of the commodities, broad-based exposure, nearly a, well, it's over a $9 billion fund now. Uh, you know, just an asset gathering uh, machine at the fund level, over $3.3 billion has flown into that uh, product in the last year. Uh, the lion's share of that, 2.75, has flown in just year to date. So that's certainly seen huge engagement across the platform. But that's not, um, it, you know, it's not um, on, the only one from a broad-based perspective. And so there's a, a number of issuers have uh, products in market. And I'll, I'll point to one of the smaller uh, products. It's a direction product. So the direction, Auspice, Broad Commodity Strategy ETF, ticker COM. Um, that's also seeing, you know, a significant amount of flows. Smaller fund, only about a $500 million fund. But um, nearly half of that has come in just within the last year. So... There's some great options out there as people look at, you know, be it the broad-based exposure or obviously you get into, you know, specific metals, you know, GLD, um, you know, those, those types of products, um, you know, where you want have a specific um, metal exposure, a silver fund, and, and there's an Invesco fund, DBS, which provides, you know, uh, exposure specifically to silver. And, and then, you know, if, as you get into that agricultural um, subset, there's a number of Tucrium products uh, who, who have really popped. So you can get exposure in an ETF wrapper to soybeans, to wheat, to corn. You know, these are areas that, you know, for, for a number of years saw, saw very little engagement. But, you know, though the engagement in the last couple of quarters has really kind of shot through the roof, um, which is interesting for a number of reasons. Obviously, the macro point, but also speaks to the fact that you can access almost any strategy at this stage in the ETF wrapper. There's certainly more opportunity for innovation, but you, you didn't have to roll back the clock too, too far before the accessibility to this level of granularity of commodities exposure wasn't as easy. Tom, just a, a few minutes left here. You know, I know we're focusing on commodities, and I thought that was a great rundown of the various ETFs you're seeing engagement on. But as I noted earlier, clearly one of the main reasons there, there is more interest in commodities is because some investors are rethinking the 40% the bonds in a 60-40 portfolio. But even then, how do I explain this? Most investors aren't just going to shun bonds altogether, right? Maybe they'll reduce the allocation a bit, but bonds do serve a an important role. And nobody's moving from 60-40 to, say, 90% stocks and 10% commodities. At least I, I, I don't think so. I, I hope not. And so I think it's interesting to consider how this environment is also changing the way investors view whatever allocation they'll end up having to, to bonds. Like we, we know there's been a move to shorter duration and floating rate notes, tips, those sorts of things. But I, I know you also have some data on how investors might be shifting their approach a bit on the bonds they own. Do, do you want to briefly touch on that? Because I think that's an important point. Happy to run through that. Um, so, Nate, exactly. I think sometimes, uh, you know, the narrative around the death of the 60-40 gets conflated with uh, advisors and investors should no longer own any fixed income. And, and certainly, to your point, that for, for the vast, vast majority, that's probably not the right strategy. And certainly, most advisors would not run their portfolio. It's just a matter of what is the allocation? And then when, once you've decided on that, how are you then getting the exposure? So what's really interesting is we asked advisors just last week what their concerns with fixed income investing today is. And, and the, the biggest, almost 55% of the respondents was picking the right fixed income sectors 
followed by uh, impact of passive strategies, uh, risk of corporate issuer um, default, liquidity across the fixed income market. Those three answers were, were about 15% each, making up the, the rest of the, the respondents there. But really the, the standout is the picking the right sectors. So advisors are saying, hey, I'm, we're getting, um, we're rolling up our sleeves. We understand that we um, bonds long-term will provide a ballast. We need to have exposure there. But they're, they're saying, you know, maybe the ag isn't, isn't good enough. There's other ways and other things that they're going to need to drill into. And ultimately, they're going that level deeper. And, you know, the ETF community is coming up with, with certain exposures that are, are helpful. Um, but there's probably more opportunity for, um, you know, our ecosystem to continue to innovate in that regard, as advisors are saying that they want more tools in their toolbox as they think about whatever that fixed income allocation is and how they get that exposure. No, I think that's a good takeaway. I mean, you think about broad bonds, something like the ag off to its worst start. I, I saw something from uh, the Wall Street Journal's Jason Zweig over the weekend. Worst start since 1842 for broad bonds. Think about that. And so I, I think you have a lot of advisors saying, hey, I'm not just going to stand in front of this freight train and I'm going to look elsewhere to see uh, how I can better construct my fixed income portfolio. And, and that, I think that's interesting, picking the right fixed income sectors for, from your poll, standing out there. It, it's not just set it and forget it anymore on the fixed income side. Now, we'll see if that proves valuable over the long term. Uh, I, you know, I, I know in the past we've seen the story before where people get a little more tactical. That doesn't work out so well. But again, going back to how we started the conversation, if we are in a shifting market regime, uh, maybe that's going to be the order of the day moving forward. I guess, I guess we'll see. But, um, Tom, we'll have to leave it there. Excellent insight, uh, as always. Thank you for joining me this week. Appreciate it. That was Tom Hendrickson, president of ETF Trends and ETF Database.